Turn with me, please, to Hebrews chapter 3. I figure if we never get excited, we're never in faith. Right? Come on, you show me somebody who's never excited, I'll show you somebody who may know faith principles, but they sure don't have the spirit of faith. And the Bible says, we having the same spirit of faith as it is written, I have believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. See, you can have the notes on faith and the books on faith and the principles of faith. But that's not the same thing as the spirit of faith. Paul said, quoting David, Paul said to born again believers in Corinthians, he says, we having the same spirit of faith. I like to put it this way. Faith has an attitude. It's the David and Goliath attitude. Right? And sometimes you just got to quit letting problems borrow your tongue. Devil wants your tongue, and he'll try to create problems so he can get you speaking words against yourself that take you out of faith, take you into worry. Do you know if you worry long enough, you can actually open the door to the devil? Did you know that? Jesus didn't say don't worry just because, you know, it's, he cares for us. <laughs> he loves us. I'm not talking about demon possession or anything. I'm just saying, if you worry enough, the enemy will start having access. He'll keep pouring it on, keep pouring it on, keep pouring it on, keep pouring it on. Hebrews 3.1. Sure is quiet tonight in this amazing Holy Ghost church. Hebrews 3.1. So look here. Paul, in the book of Hebrews, says, Wherefore, holy brethren... Partakers of the heavenly calling, he's talking to all of us Christians, do this. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. I looked the word up, profession, it's translated confession. Which you could, you could see it in that, you're professing something, you're saying something. But I like the way this has it here because he's talking about our words being a profession. That we need to be professionals at speaking like we're supposed to speak instead of just saying what we feel, saying what pressure's trying to get us to say. We need to be pros at this. Amen. At what? Giving Jesus something to work with in our life. Did you notice it didn't say that Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of us. It's a little more specific than that. Oh, Jesus is my apostle and high priest. Well, he, he, this verse tells us that he's specifically the sent one to help us, the high priest to help us of our profession. What we say about him. You know, you can't even get saved without saying Jesus is Lord. Amen. Well, if you can't get saved without saying Jesus is Lord, I wonder if it's going to be hard to get healed if we keep saying we're sick and keep talking about what we feel instead of Jesus is my healer. When you start quoting scriptures, this apostolic high priest ministry goes into high gear on our behalf. 
You know why Jesus can't do a lot for some people? He wants to, but you know why he can't? Because they ain't talking right. He's the high priest and apostle of what we say, of our profession. And our, our, confessing, our confessing of the scriptures should be a, a full-time job. Y'all know what a full-time job is? In America, it's a 40-hour-a-week job. Other places, it's more. Some places, it's less. Bible days, they work, from, they work 12 hours a day. Did you ever read that? They went out to work. The first hour. Some people came the second hour. Some people came the 11th hour. They're all still working. They worked another hour to 12 hours. Just thought I'd give some employers some ideas here. We think, oh, I'm so tired after eight hours. Well, you better quit saying that because you're going to keep driving that tiredness deeper in you. Jesus wants to be able to do more for people, but he's been limited. Because people have been shutting the door by speaking things that are not in line with what he can do in their life. You can't even get saved without saying Jesus is Lord. Right? So, he's the apostle and high priest of our confession, of our profession. This needs to be... How many know if you, if you want full-time results, this has got to be a full-time job? If you want part-time results in seeing the Lord's help in your life, then just do this part-time. There's some things we got to tweak about our vocabulary now that we're believers. It's called growing up spiritually. Learning to talk according to heaven's plan for our life instead of just everything that's going on around us. Paul said, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I reasoned like a child. I understood like a child. But when I became a man, I put away. Put away what? Childish things. What childish things? Childish talking. Childish reasonings. Don't just wait for the Lord to snatch this away from you. You're not going to get delivered from this. You're going to grow out of this. Childish talking, childish reasoning, childish understanding. These are things we set aside when we're ready to go to the next level. We don't think like children anymore. If they, somebody could shine a flashlight on your brain and put it up on the screen right now, would we see mature thoughts, loose thoughts, disciplined thoughts? What would we see? Well, as soon as the Lord delivers me from those wrong... No, you got you to... You, Paul said, I put away. Ask yourself, how would you think if you're twice as mature than you are right now. Insides get there, outsides get there. Thoughts get there, eventually you'll get there. Jerry Savelle, when he was at our church the first time, he taught a great message on, remember, remember his daughter getting healed and just some of those powerful things he shared about faith and how he learned faith. He, he told the church, he told Faith Heights Church, he says, you know what? I sense in my spirit, the Lord wants me to tell you, you're all doing a good job in your confessing. You're doing a good job in your, your Bible reading. You're doing a good job in your praising. But then he said this. He said, but I also need to tell you that you all, you all, you're not doing it enough. And so when I sat there and I heard that, I thought, glory to God. If all we got to do is turn up the volume on some of these things to see some more miracles, I think we should do it. And it reminded me, it reminded me of a time when Kenneth Hagin, 
He was believing God for healing from incurable diseases. He was 17 years old. He was believing God for healing of paralysis, a deformed heart, an incurable blood disease. The doctors told him he didn't have long to live. He, wouldn't, he never could run and play like other children. He'd sit and watch them out the window and just dream, someday I wish I could do that. Well, he started reading the Bible, started finding out what faith was all about. Mark eleven twenty four. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, you shall have them. And he's praying, he's seeking the Lord, and he's wondering why he's not seeing any change. He's, he's believing God. He, he got a hold of Mark eleven twenty four. 24. He got a hold of the words of Jesus. He's believing God. And he's praying, and the Lord starts talking to him in time of prayer, just like he talks to all of us on the inside, although he did have some visions of the Lord later in life. He said, he said, Jesus, in time of prayer, he said, Jesus, I'm just going to have to tell you. He said, I'm believing you. I'm believing you. And if you, Jesus, were to tell me right now that I'm not believing, Mark 11, 24, I'm not believing, I'd have to say you're lying about it because I'm believing. You think Jesus would get mad at that? He loves honesty. And Jesus said to him, by the Holy Ghost, he said to him, Son, you are believing as far as you know how to. Oh, did you hear that, church? He said, Son, you are believing as far as you know how. You just don't know everything about faith that you need to know. You're doing good with what you got. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, healed people, people that believe they're healed, they're not in bed 10 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday morning. See, that's, a, that's something he didn't realize about faith. He realized, well, if I'm believing I'm healed, I better attempt to get out of this deathbed. And he did. He grabbed the, the, the post of his bed, the headboard. He grabbed it pulled his feet off the bed and they fell like logs of wood on the floor, just thump, because he's paralyzed. And he holds on to the bedpost and he says, I want to announce before heaven, earth, and hell that I believe I received my healing from deformed heart, paralysis, incurable blood disease. I believe I received my healing right now. I say it before heaven. I say it before any man that wants to hear me. And I say it before all the demons in hell. I believe I'm healed. And he grabbed that post and he pulled himself up as high as he could and he said, Something warm hit the top of his head like hot honey. And it started going down his face all the way down. And he's standing there straight, totally healed. He was still skinny, still scrawny. He had to eat and gain weight. But he said everything started tingling. He said it hurt so bad, but it felt so good because I could never feel that before. Even though it was pain, he liked it. He liked, he, I could feel, I can feel. And he goes out to breakfast. His family goes, what? Lazarus is raised from the dead. The reason I'm saying that is he was believing as much as he knew how. And there's some things about confessing the word. I, I sense the Lord saying there's some people in this church speaking the word good, but the knob needs to go up. Why? You'll find out when you turn up the knob. You're going to break into some things you didn't realize you weren't in. Realms of faith. Realms of awareness of the truth of the word. There's something about speaking the word. Now, turn with me to Mark 16. 
I'm saying this to you tonight, guys, because this is something we can all start working on immediately. Are you ta- See, some people don't take this serious. It's like we said on Sunday. Some people don't take getting in the Word serious. It's like a little kid trying to take medicine. They just keep spitting it out. But if they would just swallow it, it would help them. This is so important, guys. This is. Did you know that Psalm 103 says that the angels of God that are sent to help us and assist us in this life, did you know that in Psalm 103 it says this, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth? And then if you read on, it says this. You ready? It says, These angels that are given to us, they excel in strength when they hear certain words. Did you know that? Do you want to see it? Do you want to see that scripture? Go to Psalm 103. See, a lot of people's angels aren't able to do much for them because they don't realize this principle. Look at Psalm 103. Oh, let's see. What it's near the end. If you find it back there, just go ahead and put it up. Psalm 103 in verse, I don't know, 20. Huh? Okay, bless the Lord, you his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments. What what gets them what gets them going? What gets them stronger? Hearkening. Now notice it didn't say to God speaking, it said to the voice of his word. We are called to and have the privilege to give voice to what God said in this book right here. Whether it's coming from God directly or through His people saying what He told us to say. These angels are able to excel, speed up their help on our behalf when we talk the answer more than the problem. When we speak scriptures against the situations that are trying to tell us we're not going to make it, you're going down, you'll never be happy again, your broken heart will never mend, you never get healed of that disease, you'll never be, have peace again. You speak scriptures against that, you give your angels a, an opportunity to excel in strength and to do more for you. Oh, this is so important. What do you do when you're tempted to talk about financial lack? And the lack of money and, and more money at the end of the month, and, or more month at the end of the money. Uh, what do you do? At times, like you need to stop and, and take three breaths, right? Okay, I can speak the circumstance, or I can speak the word against the circumstance. What did I say turn to? Mark 16? Turn to verse... 19. You realize when something's your profession, you do it all the time. So look at, I wanted you to see this. Look at verse 19, Mark 16, 19. So then after the Lord had spoken unto his disciples, this is after the Lord was risen from the dead and getting ready to float up into heaven, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Keep going. They went forth, the disciples, and preached everywhere. Now notice, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Is that it? So, 
What's the Lord able to work with? What's he the apostle and high priest of? Our profession. What does he work with here? The word that they were speaking. If you want the Lord to work for you, you've got to give him something to work with. You're going to sound different than a lot of people. You're going to sound different than all the world and a lot of church people. But you're going to have different too. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. We hit on this last Friday night. And I want you to see this because this is all connected to healings and miracles happening in your life. Did you know that even if you do get a miracle in a healing service like tonight, do you realize you can lose it if you don't learn some of these things? About how to maintain a healing? It's one thing to get healed. It's another thing to stay healed. Yes. Prayer will help you get healed. Getting in the Word will help you stay healed. Right? I mean, even Jesus, when He was tempted severely in the wilderness, and it said angels came and ministered to Him, after He used the Word against the devil time and time, overcame every temptation with it is written. It said in one, one of the Gospels, it said that the devil left Jesus for a season he was coming back it's great to get free teaching will help you stay free preaching will help you get free teaching will help you get free too but teaching primarily will help you to keep your healing over the long haul and one of the ways to keep your miracle and one of the ways to keep your healing is keep the word on your mouth. God told Joshua, this word shall not depart out of your mouth. Keep it coming out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. He's talking about keeping God's word on your mouth day and night. It's best to get this kind of talk mixed into your daily speech, but it's also good just to take a whole chunk of time in the morning, a chunk of time at night, and just quote scriptures over you, your family, your business, in the area of health, prosperity, divine protection, the leading of the Spirit, or whatever the Lord prompts you, whatever you need in your life. It's good to take chunks of time out in the daytime and at nighttime if you want to see the full prosperity and blessing and success in your life that the Lord promised. He didn't say if you meditate in my word day, You'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He said, if you meditate in my word day and night, something about first thing on our mind, his word, and before we go to sleep, his word. Something about it. It's really powerful. Now notice this in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. God just got through saying, let there be light. Let there be a firmament. Let there be this. Let there be that. Let there be... He just got done saying and creating our known universe. Chapter 2, verse 1 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. How did God create the heavens and the earth? He spoke. On the seventh day, now notice, so it took six days, God speaking every day. Seventh day, ended His work. Everybody say work. Everybody say work. Everybody say work. Everybody say work. work all he did was speak must have been a little more going on than just let there be light because that's not work 
Church, listen to this. It's work to confess the word like we need to confess the word. It was work for the Lord to see a change of scenery, and it's going to be some work for us. Not work, sir, but work. It's going to take some... Let's face it, church. It took work to get here tonight. Didn't it? Is there any work involved with a successful Christian life? Is there? It took work for you to get out of bed this morning. It took work for you to go to work. Right? And then at work, you worked. And it took work for you to get in your car and drive home. It took work for you to prepare a meal. There's just some work involved with life. We're not redeemed from work. Here's the thing. We don't have to work to get to heaven. But there's a lot of work in the meantime. Tons of it. So God called speaking the word and creating the universe work. But you'd have to add to scripture to say that he did anything else but speak and believe. He said God ended his work which he had made. And this is, this is another reason why some people don't like the confession message. It's work. To do it like you need to do it, it's work. To talk like you need to talk, to refrain your tongue from speaking evil, to refrain your tongue. Refrain means, whoa, don't say what you feel like saying right now. It takes work. Oh, pastor, I just believe in saying what's on my mind. I believe in just saying whatever I feel like saying. I'm real. The Bible says you're real foolish. Because the Bible says a fool vents all his feelings. But a wise man keeps it till afterwards. In other words, he studies and makes sure that what he says is not going to violate love or faith. King James says, a fool utters all his mind. I just believe in speaking my mind. So do fools. <laughs> Come on, do you all see this here? It takes work. Even for God to speak and see a change in the scenery. It was all dark. He spoke. Light came on the scene. When he said, let there be light, light came on the scene 186,000 miles a second. Hasn't stopped yet. And God called that work. Now, now church, listen. If it was work for the Lord, it's probably going to be a little work for us too. To talk like we need to talk and to speak like we need to speak. The Bible says death and life is in the power of the tongue. It's a very serious issue. Just because you can say anything you want doesn't mean you should say anything you want. Right. <laughs> especially in times of pressure, especially in times of testing, watch your mouth. Yeah. We did a whole series on watch your mouth. Why? Well, and then we did a whole series on talk better, live better. Right? A man's belly shall be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth, and the increase of his lips shall he be filled. You hear an interesting scripture? Did you find the easy to read version of that one? When you get a chance, can you... Well, before you do that, read the rest of this. I'm going to read... And the third verse says, God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. So he mentions work three times in these two verses. And the work he's talking about is primarily speaking and believing. So I got to thinking... It didn't say he just said it once. 
Sometimes I wonder what would happen if we just took a whole day and said, by his stripes, I was healed. By his stripes, I was healed. And then the evening and the morning and the next day. Anybody want to do a little experiment? You think, well, that's a whole day. I could be out helping people. You want to talk about helping people? When your victory manifests in your life, we're talking about helping people. I said, when your victory manifests in your life, let's talk, then let's talk about helping people. Because your victory is somebody else's victory. Your healing is somebody else's healing. Your house paid off is somebody else's house paid off. I wonder what happens sometimes if we just kick back and kind of, a, you know, meditating in the presence of God atmosphere and just, just worshiping the Lord and just, and just spoke prosperity scriptures all day long. Would that be work? Yeah. And then it would be the evening. And then it would be the morning. And then it would be the next day. I mean, it didn't say the Lord just said it once. It was, it's almost like saying it once doesn't look like much work. But he uses the word work. Now, I don't know exactly how he did it, but that's pretty good. Creating the universe in six days? Our Father is highly developed in faith. He's highly developed. You know, the book of Hebrews says that through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. God made everything with the invisible force of faith in an invisible thing called words. And you're his offspring. If you're a believer, you're his child. Some of that's in you and me. Now do you know why the devil tries so hard to get you to complain? Now do you know why he tries so hard to get you to talk your worries and your fears? Because he knows. If you keep saying and believing those things, you're going to have what you say. Did you know the devil believes what Jesus said? In Mark eleven twenty three, I think sometimes he knows more Bible scriptures than believers. Try to get believers off, believers off with his... With his knowledge. Now, let's, let's read this. Let's close with this. But look in Hebrews chapter... What did I tell you we are going to go to? Oh, James 1.26 out of the easy to read version. And then I'm going to show you one more scripture after this. And then we'll see what the Lord wants to do after that. In James... Now, this is the easy to read version for all of you that like the easy to read version. It's just the modern translation. Notice this. James, New Testament says, You might think you're a very religious person. Man, I'm spiritual. I, I'm spiritual. We'll find out next time you're pressured to say something you shouldn't say. I'm spiritual. We'll find out. Everybody doing okay? Let's stand up for a second. Somebody look like maybe had a long week. Stand up for a second. Let's just stretch for a minute. I want you to catch the end here because this is so good. This is so life-changing. You know, Carla and I, we practiced these principles and we came from living in a trailer home for $250 a month renting to where we're at today and we didn't go to higher education I dropped out of high school I advise nobody to do that but these things work for us man we're excited about this 
We used to be broke, sick, demon harassed, living in darkness, addicted to drugs, drinking. We used to have, but this pulled us out of that. We got the victory. We've seen miracle after miracle, blessing after blessing. This stuff works. But there's been times we had to go, <laughs> We realized a long time ago that one of our greatest problems was right under our nose. Notice this. You can be seated. Go ahead and be seated. Don't fall asleep, though. I'll have to have you stand up again. He said, you might think you're a very religious person, but if your tongue is out of control, you are fooling yourself. Now notice this next part when it comes to tithes and offerings. Notice this next part. Can you be a tither and a giver and it still not work for you? Can you mess it up? Can you mess up the act of tithing by not controlling this? Can you mess up your awesome sowing and your giving by not controlling this? Your careless talk makes your offerings to God worthless. Interesting. So you can tithe, you can give offerings to the Lord, and it can be worthless. In other words, you can abort things that are good with careless talk. Just like in the area of prayer. Many people pray wonderful, biblical prayers. And because things don't change in a week and a half, they begin to talk like their prayers aren't working. They begin to go back into the, oh, woe is me mode. They begin to go back into the complaining mode and they abort something good they started a week and a half ago with a great prayer. It's very important to recognize that when worry and when, when circumstances are going haywire, it's very important to recognize that there's probably going to be some temptation with those circumstances to get you to speak things that you really shouldn't speak. It's called careless talk. Sometimes you, you know, you talk about fighting the good fight of faith. Hmm? This, what we're talking about right here, separates the men from the boys. Right here. Maintaining a godly, biblical confession when the storm comes. I like Paul. He's on a boat about ready to die. They haven't seen the sun or stars in many days. Big old typhoon hits them, throwing all the cargo overboard. And Paul comes up and says, Be of good cheer, everybody. I believe God. <laughs> Wave hits his face. I said, Be of good cheer. That's powerful. Nothing wrong with acknowledging a problem. Just don't keep confessing it. I mean, if the doctor asks you, does this hurt? Don't lie. Tell him if it hurts. But just keep saying, by his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. Let me tell you a couple good confessions. You need to make confessions over your health and over your finances regularly. If you're struggling with a habit or an addiction... There's some amazing scriptures you can quote. King David said in Psalm 119, he said, God, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. It gives me power to not sin against you. Right? Um, one of the best in that situation is God is working in me both to will, to want to, and to actually do 
of his good pleasure. Well, Pastor, I said it 25 times. <laughs> don't, don't, come, don't come to me until you've said it 20, 2,500 times. Huh? This is important stuff. One more scripture. Hebrews chapter 6. And look at verse 12. We're admonished here to not be slothful. Remember? Speaking the word like we need to speak the word is work. It's work. It's work. When you're feeling tired to rise up and say, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now, if you need to go to bed, go to bed. But just abnormal tiredness in America, it's got to stop in the church. All this abnormal tiredness stuff. I'm so tired. I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired. I'm so tired. Stop saying that. Joel says, let the weak say, I am strong. What are you doing? You're not denying. You're overriding. Somebody asked you, do you feel strong? For you to say, uh-huh, when you don't, that's a lie. But we're not talking about speaking our feelings. We're talking about speaking from our spirit, what God said to say. You can feel tired and say, I am strong. Because I am is different than I feel. So many people connect their feelings with, the, with who they are and what's really going on. Feelings are just feelings. I am is way more powerful than I feel. Aren't you glad the scripture didn't say, feel glad? The scripture is stronger than it. It says, be glad. Be glad. How do you be glad? You just do it. You just act like a glad person, whether you feel like it or not. And you'll find the power of God going into operation and changing what you feel. When Adam sinned, uh, this feelings took, took the forefront. Feelings sat on, is now on a throne of most people's lives. If they feel sad, they talk sad. If they feel happy, they talk happy. If they feel bad, they talk bad. We need to talk the word. We need to start speaking from, our, from the faith part of our life and not the feeling part of our life. This scripture says, Don't be slothful, but be followers of them who through faith... Your flesh is not going to like this next word. And and well, I got faith. Well, your faith only goes as far as your endurance. One translation says, "Through faith and persistence, through faith and endurance, you will inherit the promise." I'm convinced many people start out great in faith. And man, are they doing good for the first hour and a half after the church service. Oh, they're just doing great. Me and Simon were talking today. Brother, some of the things you just, when you were talking to me today, I could tell it was through faith and a refusal to give up that you got to where you are today. We're going to let you hear some of his testimony sometime. You just, you can't accept defeat. You can't accept something that you know God Told you you don't have to have. You can't just, well, I tried that. Stop. Man, some people fight more in the natural than they do in the spiritual for natural things. And when it comes to spiritual things, it's just kind of, oh, well. No! 
If God said it's mine, it's mine. And 20 people say, no, that can't happen. No, that's not going to work. Nope, you'll never have that. Nope, that's not going to come to pass. You need to go, I don't care what you're saying. God promised it, and I'm sticking with God. Right? And when the, and when the, when the person loaning you the money, wants to, you know, you want money from No, no. And you get three no's, and you get four no's, and you get five no's, and you get six no's. As long as you've got scripture on it, you never give up. You just go to the next place. The next person, you just keep seeking. You're going to do, you're going to find what he said is yours if you keep seeking. But if you give up and believe God for two weeks, did you know stopping before the finish line is like never starting? You get the same results of those who never even started the race. Did you know that? The last half hour of your faith is the most important. It's when sometimes the attacks are the most severe, but it's also when you're closest to breaking the tape, to seeing the manifestation of healing, victory, finances in your life. So important. Don't give up. Keep speaking the word. Fight the good fight of faith. This is one of the best ways to receive a healing or a miracle. Find scriptures and start talking like they're already yours. Start talking like you're already there. Pray your prayer and act like you already got what you prayed for. It's called faith. <laughs> and you get to acting, you, you, get to, you get to certain levels of faith. God, God's telling angels, and He says, you better manifest what they're believing with me because they're, they, they believe they got it. There comes a time our covenant God has to make things happen because He won't break His word. That's awesome. All right, let's stand up.